This is Author Talk, presented by Author House, the leading provider of services to help authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. Author Talk is a show about new books and the authors who wrote them. It's an opportunity for prospective readers to hear directly from the writers, to hear what inspired them to write and publish, and to hear all the inside details about their books. Here is Author Talk with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, Should Christians Prosper? The book and the author is James H. Hooks, and Jim joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Jim. Well, hello there. Great to have you with us. This is information vital to us, and especially in these really tough economic times, especially for Christians, even for non-Christians, I'm sure. And you've got some not only great words of wisdom, but you've lived it. You've been there. You've been through it, almost went bankrupt, and we'll find out more about that. But you say this about your book. This book provides scriptures of proof that God owns the earth and all that is therein. Of course, he has all the silver and gold, and his desire is to share that with his children. Many have a tough time finding prosperity because they apply worldly techniques to apply them and find come up empty. And so no matter how they do this, probably not going to work out that way. They've really got to find out what's in the Bible, the principles that God is teaching his children, and you're going to share that with us. Uh, Jim, tell us a little bit about yourself and the motivation to write this book. Well, uh, I have been bivocational for uh, many years. I spent most of my life in the insurance business for my vocation that um, I have for earning a, earning a living. And uh, also, I am a, a minister. I'm um, an ordained minister. And uh, I've been studying the Bible for many, many years, about 37 years. And um, um, I have a balancing between my ministry and between the, um, my vocational work. And so now the Lord has really opened up ways that I can work the two together very effectively. Now, for 40 years, I have used, um, even being a Christian, I have tied my income, and I have used the um, 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 uh, my um, goals in life was to feel that, boy, if I can only make a certain amount of money. Now, this is the way the worldly view is in how we look at um, somebody who is successful or who prospers. How much money are they making? What are they having away of possessions or belongings? And so being a Christian, I was all caught up in that. And so I had as my goal a certain income goal of an X amount of dollars I wanted to make per year. And if I reached that goal, I thought I'd have it made the rest of my life. And so in the process, what happened was uh, we had uh, experienced some financial difficulties. Three months behind on all the bills, fourth month is foreclosure month. And uh, the IRS was um, uh, breathing down my back. And uh, uh, this was in the um, um, uh, first, my first marriage. And um, we found myself in the position of having to, the thoughts going through my mind of declaring bankruptcy. And so um, I went to about five banks and asked for money to help me out of this mess. And uh, I was turned down by all five banks. And so I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what should I do? Here I am tithing my income to the church. Should I reduce my tithe or eliminate my tithe? 
to possibly pay back these creditors, or should I go bankrupt or declare bankruptcy and uh, by legal means? And um, that is an earnest prayer that I had prayed, seeking a, an answer that I didn't have. But God gave me the answer. He didn't speak to me in an audible uh, voice, uh, an audible stone, Steve. He spoke to me in a way that you just know that it's God. First of all, his answer was, I had went to these people that I owe money to and promised them that if they gave me a service or gave me money, that I would definitely pay it back. And so I need to fulfill that obligation of paying back all my creditors plus uh, interest. The second area was the area of the tithe. Now, I know that many people are faced with the same decisions that I'm faced with and sharing with you right now, really don't know what to do about it, and feel that my first obligation is to pay the bills back. And so this is what I initially had thought, but that's not so. The first obligation should be to take care of God's work and then trust Him, and He would follow through with taking care of my needs. And so anyhow, that's a decision I come to. Instead of stopping the tithe, I decided to increase it. And so when I decided to increase it, then amazing things started to happen. The very next week, the last bank that called, had called me back, the one that had uh, turned me down last, had called me back and asked me that, uh, to come in that they wanted to uh, work out something. And so they loaned me all the money that I need to get myself at, even with the board, with the creditors, and I just had the one large bill. And so anyhow, I thought, my goodness, God answers prayer. When I trust God, then he answered the prayer that I've been trying to do myself all this time. Couldn't do it. And so anyhow, I had the one obligation, the one bill. And so now I moved up to um, a different state in, in Pennsylvania several, a few years later. As a matter of fact, a couple of years later, I met my current um, uh, wife, Laverne, and uh, she is the love of my life, and um, I prayed, prayed, prayed for many, many years, and um, she just answered all my prayers. And so uh, God has really blessed me with a, uh, with a good woman who's very um, supportive. And so anyhow, I had to tell her about where I was financially in life. And that wasn't easy to do because, um, of course, if she's, if we're going to get involved in a relationship and eventually get married, which we, we did, uh, she's going to have to know where I'm standing. I was three years behind in income tax. The IRS had frozen my bank accounts. I was still paying back this loan that I had borrowed from this, this, this bank. I was paying alimony. I was paying back an additional $8,000 I lost in the house that I had to sell. And so uh, debt-wise, that's about all I had. And so, you know, the Bible tells us to um, not to let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. But when it comes to finances in our home, uh, that doesn't hold true. That's not what those scriptures are talking about. The husband needs to know what the wife is doing. The wife needs to know what the husband is doing financially in the household. They need to be supportive of one other in that area. 
And so anyhow, through the process, um, um, being that I have income coming in from different companies, um, I didn't know what I was going to get from week to week, and I got into the habit of paying a certain amount of tithe. Now, her answer was this, and I gave her the same option that I had. What should we do about the tithe? Should we stop it, or should we um, reduce it to help pay the bills, or what should we do? And so she had agreed with me that we should not stop it or reduce it. And so here again, we together decide to increase it even more. And so now, uh, in doing so, um, uh, Steve, God had started to bring blessings into her life so much, and uh, that he was helping us to not only get these bills even with the board, but to pay them off. And so I found that as I increased the tithe, that the bills come be, were being paid off one at a time. This one, then that one, then this one. And what was happening was that when that happened and I experienced that, I thought, my goodness, how many Christians is going through the same things that I am, facing bankruptcy? Now, now here, um, I, I don't want to be, uh, I, I don't want any of the viewers to think that I'm condemning that process. Uh, I'm only giving them an alternative that um, uh, what God had showed me and what I should do. I should take care of those bills and pay them back with interest. My wife decided to do the same thing and follow through with that decision. So now in the process, what happened was my income kept going up and up and up and up, and I decided to write this book to help other Christians make the same decision I did because it's a tough decision to make. And so I was in the process halfway through it, and incidentally, I'd done three and a half years of research in it. And I was halfway through it, and I said to my wife, I can't do this anymore. And she said, why? And I said, because what has been happening, God has been increasing the income. And here we are in the way of our tithe, what we should be giving the church, and what we should be giving is much higher than what we actually were giving. And she expressed more faith, uh, Steve, in... Um, her uh, her life or this statement than what I had in 30-some years of studying. She said, well, why don't we just take that large amount out of the first check, the biggest check, and pay it at the first of the month? And I said to her, honestly, honey, I don't believe I have enough faith to do that. And so I didn't have enough faith to do it. And so what I did have enough faith to do, however, is to increase it a certain amount each week. So we decided how much we were going to increase it each week. And we did so. Then 30 days, increase it that amount again. 30 days, increase it that amount again. Three months went by, and I said, this isn't working too good. And Laverne said, why? And I said, because we've been increasing it by this amount, and God's been increasing our income far more. So what we did, we decided to double it, Steve. And so we doubled that. We doubled it at a time whenever we needed money the most. That's what we gave out of. And so whenever we give out of our own need, then God, we, we rely completely upon God to follow through in his word. And so now, um, 
what happened then from then on? We did that stretching process every 30 days. We did that for five years. During that five-year period of time, Steve, whenever I had God as my number one in life and taking care of his needs first instead of taking care of Jim Hooks' needs first for 40 years, and I put God first, during that five-year period of time, God had multiplied my total goal of an income over five times over. Wow. And so I was able, not only we were able to satisfy those needs. And so I teach the concept of stretching. Now, God says that we should, according to our own faith, let it be done unto us. And you mentioned something as far as God owning everything and wanted to bless us. And he does want to bless us. He's not a God that's sitting on a throne that's uh, looking for ways that we can step out of line so he can punish us. He's looking for ways to bless us. Now, how he does that, he's saying, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I want to give it to my people. I want to give it to my church. So put yourself in a position so I can release it to you. We put ourselves in a position whenever we give to him. That is the position that God's looking for. You give by the teaspoon, receive by the teaspoon. Give by the tablespoon, receive by the table. Give by the barrel, you receive but a barrel. So once we place ourselves in a position, then God releases it to us, and God releases it to us according to the, what we give to him and his work. And I don't tithe, I don't give because of something I want. I do it because that's what God wants us to do. Because God has a church, there's so many needs out there of hurting people. And God blesses us for one reason. And that is so we can be a blessing to others. God prospers us for one reason, and that is so that we can help other people become prosperous. So that's what I really, really want to do. I want everybody to know that if God would do this for me and Laverne and my family, he will do it for you. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, God's Laws are like the, um, not the laws that Christ have fulfilled, but laws like the law of gravity. Once God says something, once the word of God comes out of his mouth, it stays for eternity, and it can't be changed by man. It's, um, and that is the law of giving and receiving. And you've God, researched, all your, all your research came up with how many scriptures pertaining to prosperity for Christians? Or fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. So it's all yep. there. And the and one of the key things though is tithe. Tithe and, and offerings, I, I imagine. Yes, I do specify the uh difference in the books of the tithe, the offerings and gifts. Um, tithe is the amount that uh, God asks for return, and of course everything God owns. And if God owns it, then we don't own it, but we're stewards. And he asked us, he said, I'll give you 100%, and I'd like you to give me back 10%. And so we give God back that 10%. And so that is the tithe. And 10% of what? 10% of the growth or 10% of our net? And I'll step out right now and prove this in the book. If somebody would pick it up and read it, it is 10% of the growth. Mm-hmm. And so anyhow, after that, that's God's money. And after that, then we give because the rest of it is what God blesses us with. 
and we give out of the rest to those needs that come up in the church. I guess that comes out of the second greatest commandment, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. That's exactly right. And if we don't love ourselves, we're not going to love our neighbor very much. Right. We need to first begin to love ourselves. And what it it helps us to begin to be able to live with ourselves, to be able to love ourselves. And to be able to think, you know, God really does love me. And we do know one thing for sure. God always, always, always keeps his word. You're a great teacher, and you've certainly got a lot to say. And your book is filled with all these words of wisdom and direction and what Christians need to do to be prosperous. Uh, The title of the book, Should Christians Prosper? Uh, James H. Hooks. Jim, tell us how to get your book. Uh, If you go to www goodchristiansprosper.com or www.authorhouse.com You can also go to Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, or uh, Amazon, and find it there. So it's in all those places, so it's easy to access. And so um, I would definitely suggest picking up a copy of it. And really, truly, you'll never regret it. Well, Take the time necessary to read those 12 chapters, and it can change the rest of your life. We appreciate your example. We appreciate your testimony. Thanks so much, Jim, for being with us on Author Talk. Thank you, Steve. God bless You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Girlfriended is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, with your hosts, Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The girlfriended principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out girlfriended.com. And then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to mm-hmm. have somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back. To Author Talk, brought to you by Author House, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. The title of the book, Harmony Hollow, a children's adventure story, and the author is Don G. Kramer. 
And Don joins us along with his wife, Joan. Hello, Don. Hello. Hello, Joan. Hello. Well, great to have you with us on Author Talk. Uh, Let me read a couple things that have been written about your book. We've got these three boys in the story. They're just lifetime friends. Uh, Two are 12, one is 15. And they hang out every uh, summer, it looks like, for about three months. And they, of course, are with their parents uh, who uh, have this uh, professional life uh, up on a mountain in the Washington state. Their fathers work for the Forest Service. But the boys, uh, they want to go on a big adventure to Harmony Hollow. Of course, their parents don't know about this. And must be Harmony Hollow is kind of a... A mysterious place, I guess. Nobody knows much about it. Is that right, Don? That is very correct, yes. And that's what draw, has drawn uh, the, the boys. Right. So To go, you know, to see it. So why did you write this story? Tell us a little bit about yourself, Don, and, and what was the kind of the genesis for writing this book? Well, I guess we, I really enjoy writing and uh and I have a little problem with Alzheimer's now and uh, being I'm, I'm getting old I guess and but I I just enjoy writing and so I I made this concoction up and I I think I think the kids will really enjoy it well these uh these boys uh, are they they kind of get into mischief. Is that what they do? That is exactly because we've got four of them. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting a little older now. Based on uh, pure experience, right, Joan? That's correct. <laughs> so. I had a hold of everything together here, so, yeah. But they were they were easy to raise. They were good kids. And these are good kids, right? We got Tim and uh, Tim right. is, uh, let's see, how old is Tim? Oh, oh Tim and Tim and David, I guess, are twelve. I'm reading here, and yeah. Ron is thirteen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, and and they uh, live in a city called Walla Walla, Washington. What a great name for a city! <laughs> I don't even know if there is a Walla Walla. <laughs> I mean, that was one that I just uh, well, that's a great name. You never forget it. That's for sure. So they have this uh, unique situation. They live in the city during the school year, but, boy, they go to the mountains in the summer. What a great escape. Is that something that you did, Don? No. It just Everything is what I would have liked to have done or, uh-huh. you know, that fits in well with the story. But you like the outdoors. Oh, yeah. Enjoy that. Can I add something? Sure, please. Our, our son worked for the government, and he lived out in Washington, and we took a trip out there, and he showed us a lot of the beautiful scenery out there, and this is how the book started. Ah, but, uh, we there called you go. it Harmony Hollow. Yeah, Harmony Hollow. So Harmony Hollow is this really Big, deep, just, really <laughs> deep valley. Huh? Yeah. I mean, really, how, how many uh, is it? Like in between two mountains. It, that that would be a good explanation, yes. And so it's, I'm reading here, almost three miles deep. Wow. And that, there's a lot of those places out there. Yeah. So how do they go off on this adventure without their parents knowing? What's the deal? Well, they say, said they were going to do one thing, and they had it all planned out and in their minds and they 
had you know food and stuff already ready to go and uh, just to uh, you know how boys are <laughs> we had four <laughs> so <laughs> they thought they could, they could do it and and that's just what they decided to do some of the adventures that they go on uh, it's uh, it's a dangerous place right what happened well let's see here i you know, they they would think of doing. They wouldn't tell their parents, actually. You know, and so and that what they would the right the right thing. You know, and they would do something else. You know, that was uh, not not the, the what the parents wanted. So this was the first trip into yeah, the hollow, they, right? And this year was uh, you know camping and 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 they had got the permission. For, from their parents at that to do that to go camping, but uh, were their parents uh, would they have said don't go to Harmony Hollow? Well, that was yeah, that's that was just a little bit that of something they wanted to to do, and of course, didn't the parents didn't want them to go too far. Right, you know? right. So they all kind of worked together to plan their trip. Let's see. We we uh, we we have quite a quite a mishap in there uh, dealing with a helicopter. Yes. Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, there was the the helicopter crash. It crashed uh, into the woods, you know. And uh, the boys was up to the boys to try to locate the crash because they had seen part, you know, something. They found it by the in a smoke. Where, where the smoke was coming up. Right. Because they were there, they basically were the reason that everyone gets rescued, I guess. Yes. Uh-huh. So it was a good fortune for those in the helicopter that the boys were there. So uh, I guess they're heroes, but at the same time, they're not supposed to be there. <laughs> right. That is exactly right. Well, it sounds like a, a great adventure, of course. There's also, when you're... Going down such a deep valley, three miles down, which is obviously a really deep valley. If there someone is, gets yeah, hurt, so, so one of the boys gets hurt too. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't a fatal crash, anything fatal or anything like that. You know, right. I had to work something in yeah. to make it to keep it going. You know, there's a story going. How long were they in the valley? Um, you know, without uh, I believe it was something like four four days, five days, something like that. Okay. I wished I you know I was I'm not didn't know about about you interviewing me here. And we've also got a situation where one of the boys gets sick. Yes. Uh-huh. So we've got some uh interesting twists and turns that Well uh, you you know, to make a story good you have to. Sure. You know, you have to have, you can't have too many blank spots. No, you got to keep it moving along, and especially right. for a uh, children's book, you want to hold their interest. Yeah, because they're, they're, uh, they don't go and wait for too many things to happen. You know, you got to keep their interest. What would you say the age group, uh, what age group would enjoy this story? Well, Depending on, uh, you know, probably that they can, you know, re, uh, write or 
about it or do anything why it would be no i i suppose about eight okay you know it just just depends on their their ability yeah their reading ability okay yeah right so again these main characters these three young best of friends uh boys they venture off on their own and of course they experience many different situations and right they visit Harmony Hollow. You know, it turns out to be the biggest adventure they could ever imagine. That is correct. Well, let's uh, find out, Don or Joan. Tell us how to get your book. Okay. Well, they can receive it or get it through Author House, I'm sure. I don't know if it is on Amazon. Also, I'm not sure. Right, uh, you can, if it's on. Sure. And it, it will, I'm sure it will be carried right. by, you know. Yeah, it will be. Well, be. And I, I really have never been told, you know, you kind of, when you write, you know, something like that, they, somebody else takes care of it. <laughs> right, but but people will be able to order it online, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, any online retail bookstore, so no, there's never yeah, a problem I, there. I'm sure. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Don and Joan, uh, for joining us on Author Talk. Okay, and we are very happy to have you uh, to answer any questions. We've been talking to Donald and Joan Kramer, and Don is the author of the book Harmony Hollow. You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Have you been laid off, fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective. All must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, TrishaGoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Author House. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world. 
The title of the book, Trust Us, We Will Blow It, Series 1, Yum, Yum, Yum. <laughs> and the author is of this great children's book, you're just going to love this series, Eunice, I'm sorry, see that's why we edit, I'll say it again. And the author is Eunice Ifiba Asari Parby, and Eunice joins us now on Author Talk, all the way from Cambridge, England. Hello, Eunice. Hello, Steve. Great to have you with us. Uh, this is such a, a great book with a great theme about telling the truth. And, of course, it has a, a great little uh, plot here all with chocolate. And we'll find out more about those details. Would you say this? A book which raises awareness to a worthy cause, which aims to nurture, develop, and sustain the truth trait in children as a collective responsibility. As, uh, as it's put in, a, in another way, it takes a village to raise a child, right? Correct. It takes a village to raise a child. We all have a, a collective responsibility to help children uh, just learn to tell the truth. Before, before we get into some of the more uh, really interesting details about your book, Eunice, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, some of your background and, and how this book came about. And this is a series. This is the first one called Yum, Yum, Yum. But go ahead, Eunice. Tell us about yourself. Um, my name is Eunice Asari Pabi. Originally, I'm from Ghana. And uh, I came to Cambridge. I had a scholarship to study with my master's degree in educational psychology in Cambridge University, after which my spouse also joined me to um, study. Uh, after our studies, we decided to stay and have a little bit of experience before going back home so that we could contribute to what we have learned here to um, society at large. Um, background, I'm a teacher, I'm a counselor, I'm a learning mentor, I'm a volunteer. I'm also a project manager. I'm a wife and a mother with two children. And also, I am a writer of children's books. So how did this book come about? What, what was the genesis of this idea? Um, generally, I wrote this book to raise awareness to a wealthy cause by educating children and the general public with a good book. Specifically, I was motivated by two reasons. First, my childhood experiences, and second, my teaching background and experiences. I would like to first talk about my childhood experiences. Um, when I was a child, some of my, um, our housemates, friends, siblings, and adults discouraged me from telling the truth. I used to be called Big Mouth because of my tendency to say it all and also to say it as it is. Believe you me, I blew it whenever I saw it. I remember I used to be bribed with sweets, taken to places of interest, pampered, etc., all with the hope that I would keep my mouth shut. Steve, I couldn't. Truth be told, it was, um, truth was something inborn in me. It was in it. So I blew it 
or let it out, I was a restless individual. Um, I saw adults lie in front of children and children being blamed for what they have not done. As a child, I saw a woman steal and blame her child for her misconduct. When I told my auntie's friend what I saw, I was told to shut up. How I lost some of my truthful traits still puzzles me. Um, as I said, two reasons motivated me. My, uh, the second reason is my teaching background and experiences. I started my teaching career as an untrained teacher in a preschool environment, that is the nursery school. One of the characteristics or traits among these children between the ages of two to five was their truthfulness. Truths abound. I had no issues eliciting the truth from these preschoolers whose hearts were so pure and frail. Um, Steve, I need not ask who did what, where, when, why, and how. There was always someone handy to tell me the truth. And if I was to ask, most of the children answered in unison without fear or favor. I left these children and moved on to college first form. Then to the university where I qualified as a trained secondary school teacher. Equally, these preschoolers moved on and qualified to be in secondary school where I had a privilege to teach some of them once again. They had grown into beautiful ladies and gentlemen. But one thing some of them had lost was their truthfulness. They had unlearned to tell the truth and learn to be untruthful. Truth be told, I was taken aback by their behavior. One day, I posed this question to some of them. Why have some of you learned to be untruthful? You know the answer they gave me? Mm. To interest you to know that she said, truth does not pay. Some of them answered that truth does not pay. The environment is to be and be blamed. They cited examples of seeing, smelling, hearing adults lying in front of them. People being punished for being truthful. Mm. How sometimes their mates who were truthful got punished while the liars go scot-free or went scot-free. Mm-hmm. Adults denying their truth. Example, uh, when they saw uh, children, when a child sees a, uh, a fat woman, they say, oh, mommy, look at that fat woman. She's, she's told to shut up. That sometimes confusing children as to whether they are supposed to tell the truth or not. My conclusions after pondering over all these experiences is that however truthful children might be born, without our support, encouragement, nurturing by the environment and society in which we live in. Some of our children will lose it and grow without it. It is the responsibility of us all to nurture, encourage, develop, sustain children's truthfulness. This is what my book, Yummy, 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 that my book, 
Trust us, we will blow it. Yam, yam, yam seeks to encourage and preach, to nurture children's truth and encourage children to tell the truth without fear or favor. So Adam, one of the uh, members of the class, brings a whole bunch of chocolate to school. Yes. And all the kids love him. Yeah. They all want part of it. Tell us, tell us uh, more about the story. That's so well. Um, the teacher leaves the class to the principal's house, um, office because um, that he, she's been calling to sort some few things with the principal. And Adam takes over the class with his chocolate, with the children later named it Nyam 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 because it was so delicious. And then they prom- um, Adam, after, uh, after they had enjoyed the chocolate, Adam now tells them they had littered the uh, classroom with um, the rappers and they were jumping up and down, having fun. And Adam tells them not to tell the teacher when the teacher comes in. But unfortunately, the teacher walks in when they were so jumping, and he hears them saying yum, yum, yum to each other. And then the teacher asks, what is all the yum, yum, yum for? And in unison, because these children were still unblemished um, as far as um, telling the truth was concerned, so they all point to Adam that he is the cause of their misconduct or misbehavior in the classroom. <laughs> so no matter, you can't bribe children in the face of the truth. Mm. They, they would blow it. So trust us, we will blow it. And the yeah. illustrations are colorful. The, pic, the colors are such a, they complement each other so well. I can just know that, I just know that children will be drawn to those colors. They're, they're just Pretty. That's it. You know, children love colors. Right. They love colors. And they, they, they know how to combine colors. They know which one goes with which. So, um, even in their formation, when you look at the front, you realize that even uh, the way they had arranged themselves uh, matches. Um, you see black, yellow hair. You see orange hair. You mm-hmm. don't see all the uh, colors grouped together, but they've really um, made sure they, they fit into, they are woven into each other. They were, after they had uh, blown it, uh, to, uh, singled out Azam to be the, uh, the cause of their misbehavior, they, and they all say, we love you, Adam. And um, that is so uh, reassuring that in spite of the fact that they have told single him out, it doesn't mean he's, uh, he's going to be alone in the class. No, that is the love we have for each other. The fact that they've corrected Adam doesn't mean that he's going to be isolated. The fact that they've singled him out does not mean that he's going to be uh, a loner in the class, but they reassured him that it was telling the truth is better than anything else, including yam yam yam, which is the chocolate. So though he's tried to bribe them with his chocolate, when it comes to telling the truth, 
he should trust them, they will blow it. Eunice, we've got time just to tell us about this series. You've got a new one coming out, Wig, 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 and more to come. Yes, we have um, Wig, Wig, Wig. We have Play, Play, Play. We have Jog, Jog, Jog. Ring, ring, ring. Off, off, off. <laughs> thump, thump, thump. Puss, puss, puss. Bell, bell, bell. And a lot of other. But the next one, which is going to come up, is Wig, Wig, Wig. Here, a mother puts on a wig. Um, she had short hair, but she this uh, she put on a, a long wig, a long wig, and on their way to a picnic at the park, they meet a friend, a mother's friend, and the mother's um, the friend is so excited about how um, the mother of that child was looking at the time because she was looking so beautiful with her long hair. So the friend asks the mother, is that your real hair? And the, um, as adults wanted, she, as uh, adults as she, uh, she wanted to impress, you know, so she said, yes, it's <laughs> my hair. Um, <laughs> and believe you me, with a little girl by her, she blew it. She <laughs> said, it's a, no, it's a wig. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. But the mother had a goal as a child. But at the end, we want to encourage children to be truthful. Right. No matter how embarrassing or painful and awkward the situation might be, we have to encourage children's truth. If we deny their truth, they wouldn't know whether to tell the truth or uh, whether they are supposed to tell the truth or not. So uh, we should encourage them, even if it seems embarrassing to us. We've been listening to the author of her children's book, Trust Us, We Will Blow It, Series 1, Yum, yum, yum. It's Eunice Afiba Asari Parbi. Uh, Eunice, tell us how to get your book. Yeah, you could get it on the uh, net. You could order it on the net. You could order it from my publisher, Author House. You could go to Waterstone uh, Water Bookshop uh, in Britain. You could get it. You could order it from as ebook, you could also get it from my Facebook page. So it's all over the place. Um, there isn't lack of it anywhere. Wherever <laughs> you go, you find, find it. Find it anywhere, but, but yes. We will blow it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Eunice, for joining us on Author Talk. Thank you very much, Steve, and have a good week.